Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Bernie is here. Hello, hello. Hello. And Mohanad is here. Yellow. Just finishing off your dinner. What have we got? Cupcakes. Very nice. Thank Very you. nice. Ooh. Uh, right. How? Uh, what kind of tea and how yeah. are we taking it? So it's with milk, three sugars, and the milk is making it like a light beige color. Three sugars. What is the point of the cupcake? Uh, if anything, the cupcake tastes less nice with that. <laughs> it's being outdone by the dessert yeah. tea. Uh-huh. Fair enough. Uh, Bernie, any thoughts on this? Um, no. All I know is I do half a spoon of sugar less than I did when we used to meet up in person. So I'm trying to cut back. Look at this evolution. I love so it. I, I thought of this a lot because people are like, oh my God, you have three sugars in your tea, right? So I actually read up on this and talked to actually like friends who are nutritionists. So they're like, that's fine. You take three sugars in tea. It's like the stuff you need to stop are like the Cokes and the Pops and they have like infinitely more sugar. So I oh, feel yeah, better about my three. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Coke is like 32 grams of sugar. Exactly. Bonkers. But okay. All right. Well, you... you you're happy with it. That's all that matters, really. I'm, 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 well, you know what I'm unhappy about is how you have your tea with your one drop. Like, you, you could use a pipette to drop your milk <laughs> in your tea. That would be it's great, actually. Actually disgusting. That would be wicked. Actually, there, there's definitely a hipster, like a hipster tea place in Brooklyn or something where they do use a pipette to, to drop milk into tea. Yeah, in Soho. In Soho. Yeah, or Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> like that's definitely a thing anyway um for more tea related chat i don't know we should start a, a tea pod well check out our most our most retweeted tweet <laughs> yeah, if you can find it it's from okay. about 2017 enjoy um we did a poll anyway we should stop talking about that every week oh my hand is drinking out of under the kosh mug excellent yeah stuff. excellent stuff if you do want under the kosh mug get in touch and we'll see if we can get more made yeah, but do not get in touch with Alex because when we made these, his plan was to sell them for less than they cost. <laughs> well, yeah, so. if anything, that, that's better for the for the buyer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, yeah, I guess. It's not yeah. so good for us. No, no, no. Oh, man. Anyway. Um, sorry, Bunny, what was that? You cut out. No, I said not, not good for us at all. Oh, no. Uh, fortunately, we make tons of money from this podcast, so it's not really an issue. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we we ball them like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, let's start this week then with FC Barcelona. FC yeah. Barcelona. When your president is getting arrested on potential financial fraudulence uh, and potentially other things, hiring a social media service to uh, to slag off your own players. I like we've been calling Barcelona complete shambles for a long time, but this is this is very official. This is great stuff. Yeah, man. Like it's it, the problem is it's, it was always just like talk and stuff, right? But now it's like you said, it is a bit more official. I'm sure the Neymar deals in it. I'm sure all these things that we've heard over the last couple of years, and honestly, it makes absolute sense why they spend this much money on Messi. It's not just the football; he's their whole marketing he's the whole face of the club it's kind of like here's Messi, and then we'll just do a little thing in the background because no one cares about anything else you know what i mean without it it's like the minute messi has gone people actually start to care about what the hell's going on with this club um and they, they want i think put that off as long as possible so they're using him as a, as a distraction basically yeah it's money laundering through Messi. <laughs> because money laundering was one of the charges right and like we've we've joked about Paulinho, Vidal, I think, Artur, Pjanic, Swap. Like, we've joked about there being lots of Braithwaite. That's money laundering. You know, like lots of <laughs> money laundering going on. But to actually hear the charges, I want to know what the case is. I need the case file to understand, like, which aspect of this are you accusing them of do, using for money laundering? Because I want to be right. <laughs> I think the first thing the judge is going to say is that, you know, when they read the list of charges, the first charge will be spending $150 million on Coutinho. That will be 100%. the first one. You'll get, like, 20 years in jail for that, and then everything else will just be, like, little things. <laughs> Absolutely. That's criminal on its own. Uh, and then uh, the one for me is when they swapped Neto for Silicon and both clubs agreed to pay $40 million for each other's reserve goalkeepers. That one was the best. 
After after doing my accounting course, my MBA, I realized what this was. <laughs> yes, this is the Enron of football. This is what it is. <laughs> but like, how funny would it be? Like, okay, let's 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 do a conspiracy theory, okay? Please. Messi hates those guys so much, and obviously, being whistleblowing, privy. <laughs> I swear to God, he snitched. You know he knows things. You know he knows by hey. virtue of being that important. That guy snitched. I'm convinced. Bernie, his contract details were leaked, and he was like, here we go. Yeah, I'm going Snowden on these people. Messi's dad gave an envelope to the journalist, and he's like, I got some more shit for you. I love it. Absolutely love it. And he wrote, and he wrote everything on a napkin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you reckon they tried to give it to Marco, and Marco were like, no, this is far too serious for us. We can't possibly process this kind of information <laughs> he's oh, like we man. have to go to the international criminal court <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know um raul friend of the pod uh, says if bartomeo and the other arrested ex-barca execs go to jail over barca gate hashtag barca gate um should fc barcelona fund a reality tv series in in the prison in which they're all held called la masala to fund messi's contract renewal Narrator being Joe Cole, of course. Obviously. I'm into it. I'm very into it. I would watch that. Only because it's topical. But I I think Joe Cole as the warden, is that what you said, or narrator? Narrator of the show. I I didn't go as far as the warden. (laughs) Okay, sorry. (laughs) I don't know why I had Joe Cole being the warden as like a terrible situation for the prisoners. (laughs) The wardens would all just be ex-Real Madrid thugs. Just like Pepe. Like Ramos. Salgado. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, oh, Gravison. He's got to run the prison. <laughs> yes. Tommy he has Gravison. to run the prison for sure. Yeah. Um, but isn't he, doesn't he also run like some sort of a, I don't know, is it, is it a strip club of sorts or something? Who? Isn't he like Gravison? Didn't he like go into that side of the business? He's like a really famous businessman, but I think Alex some of his companies, are, Alex is Googling. You can see he went it. immediately to Google. He's like, I, I need mean, to know. I'm intrigued. I'm, there, I'm, I'm intrigued. He can also provide entertainment in the prison. So, you know, win win. I, I don't think they deserve that much entertainment, bro. They're supposed to be bored. <laughs> Wikipedia just says that it was reported in December 2013 that Gravison had been successful with investments and was living in Las Vegas. <laughs> there you go. Very vague. I'm close. Investments in quotes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> requires, requires more reading. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, Raul, I would be, I'd be very down to watch that. I think that'd be great. It'd be probably more entertaining than Barcelona's actual team at the moment. Um, the games, the games. Uh, we're going to start this week with Manchester City because uh, now, just like everyone's scoring, uh, Bernie, you were you were impressed by the the centre backs teaming up to score all the goals. Like, look, you know, you're you're watching history unfold when. Firstly, we talked about the Gundogan thing, Gundogan essentially becoming prime R9. Like, we, we talked about that. And then, like, Stones, I think, has now scored. Is it back-to-back? Or, or I, I've seen him score too many goals, and my brain cannot compute. I feel like it's three, four, five goals, something like that this it season. It feels yeah. like a lot. Uh, you know, whatever it is for Stones, just know it's a lot. Like in your He's brain. more than Aguero. So. Yeah, exactly. And Aguero, didn't he start this game? Yeah. Like, and Diaz, like, come on. He's like up there for signing of the season, like in, if not top three, maybe even one. I don't know, but that, that finish from John Stones, I'm tired, guys. Like I, I was gonna say that Stones scores a lot with his feet. You know, when you see that Stones has scored, you expect a free kick or a corner. Well, I know it comes out of a set piece, but you expect a header. He scores a lot with his feet. Actually, he's a very, he's just like a very good footballer. Like take out the match situation stuff aside, that he's re- you know he's recovered yeah. that aspect too. But he's just very good with the ball. But the Mara's assist was gorgeous too. Mm-hmm. Yes, Mara's is just too good. It was good because, like, it looks like he just played a you know regular pass into the box, which sure he did. But to me, it was everyone was focused on him and his movement and his body swerves. You didn't think of what he was going to do then, which is actually it makes a simple thing which was actually more difficult than it was, in my opinion, and beautiful. Like, he's just great. He's great. Yeah, that's true. I, I did feel sorry for West Ham, though. I mean, the, the City goals were excellent. Um, we should mention the, the De Bruyne cross for, for Diaz was beautiful as well. And Mohamed, he looked. He did look up, and it was on his but, weaker foot. 
Come on. Yeah, I mean, for, at least he picked someone out with a cross this time. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Uh, but I did feel sorry for West Ham, who did who did play really well, as they have been doing pretty much all season now. Created good chances. Their goal was fantastic. Their goal was really good. The ball out to Kufel and back in and Lingard. And I don't even know if Antonio needed to touch it, but that was excellent. Yeah, and Jesse Lingard actually looks really good. Like, I know people are focusing on the highlights and the goals, but, like, because it's City, so I watched this game. And he was driving in midfield with the ball. Like, he was making things happen. He was transitioning from from kind of midfield into attack really well. And I think, yeah, I was very impressed with him this game. Yeah, I'm, I, I've loved the way Lingard's played. Like like you said, he, his ball carrying has been very good because he doesn't really dribble really, but he carries the ball really well and protects it really well. Um, I you kind of thought like when he was coming in, how's he going to get into the team with Bowen and uh, I forget the other guy on, on the other wing, but he's... Four left, four Yeah, he's undroppable at this point. And uh, Antonio, as we've always as we've always said, is pivotal. They went for it. They actually kind of went for it. And I didn't expect Moyes to go for it. And now I'm... I know we said he doesn't have the players and now he does. So he, like... But he did. And I'm just yeah. I'm very happy that he did because against United, he didn't. And now he just said, screw it. We're going to do yeah. this. And, but ben Rahma is the one that's being dropped recently for Lingard's good form. Um, so Fornells, Bowen, etc. kind of kept their position. Ben Rahma, I think the last couple of games, he's the one that's kind of dropped a little bit out of, out of the starting 11 due to uh, kind of uh, Lingard's arrival. I wonder, like, I've, I've seen Ben Rahma a few times and he always looks good in flashes. But I, like, has he put up any numbers this season, do we know? Not that I know. I think every time I see him, he comes off the bench, does a little thing. He's he's an impact player for Moyes, oh. I think. And with his skill level, like people talk about him and you know ability on the ball. Why not have that kind of guy like come off the bench? Like he's definitely at not right. what Moyes usually does, and he offers you something. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, better than um, you think of. <laughs> but that's a very low bar. Um, we did talk a little bit. And I don't know if we're just kind of fishing here for, for you know, cause and effect. But we did say when Kevin De Bruyne comes back, then again, we'll stop scoring goals. Yeah. Um, and that has happened for like two or three games now. He was kind of the best striker in the world. And then now he's barely getting a chance in front of goal. And I don't know how related that is. In theory, it makes sense that now, okay, I got to sit back a little bit because we've got De Bruyne that's bombing forward. But it feels like it is happening. Um, they're still playing well, so it's not affecting City overall. But I think I think it might be happening what we predicted with Gundogan, kind of getting less time in the box, less running past the strikers, etc. With the Bruyne there. Well, I, I also wonder, like having an actual striker on the pitch probably affects that too, because Aguero is more likely mm. to actually just hold in that in that front position rather than move around as much and create space for other people to to move in there. Um, but just uh, quickly on on West Ham before we move on. Um, uh, Leo at Leo EPD on Twitter um, says, is West Ham and David Moyes actually good? Or have we all died from COVID and currently living in a purgatory just with access to Twitter? <laughs> that's, a good, um, that's a great, great question. It um, is. How would we know if we're living in a purgatory? Like, how, how would we know this? It's, yeah. Someone yes. from the outside would have to try and access our world and then like kind of create a gap in the fabric. You know what I, I mean? mean? Maybe they have. Maybe they have. They're like, they, they've made David Moyes and West Ham really good, and we're still not getting it. Like, yeah, it's one, of, it's one of those. It's one of those like Matrix good. training videos. You know those Matrix training videos where Neo <laughs> gets gets like hooked on, and he goes, "What do you want? We can create anything." And he's like, "I want West Ham to be." So, like in this reality, what could have happened was instead of getting the Man United job, he went from Everton to West Ham, so he's just always been good, right? Oh yeah, this, this, that's a good point. This is a reality where he never stopped at United. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. The the real Sociedad stuff was really far fetched. Anyway, <laughs> like that was never real. I mean, also to be fair, from his memory, he does not remember any of those. <laughs> no. so, to yeah, him, he's, he's always been living in that reality. He goes everything uh, West. <laughs> Danny Ings has a target for for Sociedad now. Nah, that was definitely not a thing. <laughs> not a thing. Uh, they do have some targets, though. Apparently. Uh, oh, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. So they're losing Fabianski on a free transfer in the summer, right? Which is actually quite big because he's Where? been key for them. Oh, we don't know yet. He, but... he said he's leaving? Yeah, apparently. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, apparently they're lining up 
your favorite goalkeeper and mine, Inshallah Ramsdale. No, they're not. Okay, this is when you know that you're out of the reality. Out of, sorry, <laughs> out of the matrix and back into reality. When West Ham signed Ramsdale to replace Fabianski, then you'll know, okay, you know, that plug has been pulled from Neo's head. Right. We're all back now. Everything's great. I would... Uh, <laughs> Why? To be fair, Ramsdale had a great game this weekend, but in he general, he's not a good keeper. <laughs> oh, my God. No, Moisey, don't do this. Don't do this. Please don't do this. He likes to buy British. He he eats out to help out, you know? It's just what but he, he does. he was doing really well with his Czechoslov... Oh, not Czechoslov. <laughs> his Czech Republic players. Thanks. You know, he's doing so great. Go back there. Go back to Slavia Prague. Yeah, to be fair, I think one of the big things why they look good is that Suchek-Rice combination has been fantastic. Like, they've done really well um, yep. together in the center. I mean, they, they can afford to have those two sitting players even though Suchek really scores a lot of goals etc but they're technically still two sitting players and they allow those like Lingards, Fornals, Bowens, Benramas to just run around the front do their thing because you've got those two solid guys sitting there right absolutely I mean we we never get into like West Ham squad depth and stuff so this is this is new territory for us but they really need a third player there because if they've been very lucky that both of those guys have been fit all season if one of them gets injured the next in line is Mark Noble and that is unsustainable shit (laughs) <laughs> Again, the plug has been pulled. Mark Noble is playing. We're back. So I want to see all those things that make me feel like it's real happening again. <laughs> like like it's actually West Ham that we're watching and not West Ham. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, the, the Ramsdale link was a good enough segue. So let's talk about it. Uh, Liverpool 2, Sheffield United nil. Um, Mohane, do you think Curtis Jones might just be Liverpool's best player? And I kind of agree. Currently, yeah, he, he's the one that makes him tick in midfield. Um, he's the one that kind of makes it happen. What I don't understand is why he gets subbed off every game without fail. I'm not sure why that happens. Uh, Omar, a friend of the pod as well, Liverpool fan, he was talking to me about it a couple of weeks ago, just saying, you know, for someone who watches Liverpool and follows them really closely, same thing. He agrees. Curtis Jones has been phenomenal for them. Um, he's just that kind of link between the two deeper players, whoever plays in the midfield right now, them, Thiago, etc., and the and the attack right now. So, yeah, I, I enjoy watching him play. I, he's not at the level of, like, the other youngsters that other teams are bringing through right now, but he's still very good. Um, so, yeah, he's been great for me. And, yeah, I think he's up there. I thought it was, a, it was an excellent finish, like, really calmly taken. He was very cool. Hmm. He was a cucumber. Collected. Collected, composed. Um, <laughs> all the C words cultured um, but in this game at least Liverpool were 2-0 up against Sheffield United when he came off and he came off for Naby Keita who they're desperately trying to get anything out of before they have to flog him for like 30 million less than they bought him for yeah that hasn't worked out eh? did you guys watch watch this game because I was I didn't I didn't watch it I saw the highlights and I was reading about it and people were saying he changed the formation and I'm like to a back three and I'm looking at the the lineups and i'm not sure how <laughs> like is that was that what you guys saw was it just the same 4-3-3 that Klopp always plays no no you've got the same top three money for mino sala and then you've got jones when alderman and tiago in midfield so no it was kabak and nathaniel phillips at center back I, adrian played in okay. goal but i think that's oh that's because of um Allison i assume allison had to go back home for his that passing away. Yep. Yeah. I, I will say that Sheffield United, even with the season they've had, will have been disappointed not to score against like Kabak, Phillips, and Adrian. You are never going to have a better chance. And they nearly did a couple of times, but like that's a dodgy back three. The thing is, like, it's a dodgy back three, but like the depths of Sheffield United's like just poor personnel is actually amazing. Like, I was watching, I saw the highlights and the chance that McBurney had from the header. I just thought, like, this guy's really bad. <laughs> like, it just struck me all of a sudden, like, like a wave of just, like, you know, just hit me. Like, this guy's really, really, really bad. And there's nothing they can do with this. Like, they overachieved beyond belief. This is just who they are. I think, this bad. I think they've, they've lost 20 of their first 26 games or something like that. Good Lord. Yeah. That's yeah. That that shouldn't be allowed, and it, I suppose it isn't because you'll get relegated. But you know, that's yeah, it's unacceptable behaviour. 
Um, I think that's what you get for playing like a Brexit FC squad. I'm just saying, like, it's so yeah. Brexit. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was when they spent 24 million on Rian Brewster, who hadn't kicked a ball in the Premier League. That was the moment where I thought, no, this is not. Yeah. This is going down the drain. And 18 million on Ramsdale and 25 on Sander Berger. Like, you can't you act like interesting, that. Interesting fact. Go on. Every single person in their starting 11 is from the British Isles. Ugh. Every, there's no sauce, man. There's no sauce. There's no sauce. <laughs> That's, but are Burnley going to sue them for stealing their flex? I, I, I think Burnley are really jealous. <laughs> it's okay. Wait. It's going to be only Burnley again next season, so they're fine. I just, I'm just looking at Burnley's 11 from the weekend, and I'm pretty sure that was the same. Oh, they have Mattia Vidra. Where's he from? Somewhere in Eastern Europe? Yeah. So they had one person that wasn't British, yeah. All right. Um, the, just looking at this lineup here, is Trent going to keep number 66? Is he not going to upgrade? It's annoying me a little bit. No, he's not. He's, he's all about it. Hmm. He's all about it. Alex, just quickly on your board, uh, Burnley point, they actually did better because everyone is English except for Vidra. Like, wow. There are no Scots or Irish as Sheffield United <laughs> had. Everyone's English. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Did you hear the uh, the Daishishi interview this week? No. Okay, so uh, Pope has been linked with the move away. There are rumors, Spurs rumors. So this came up before the Spurs game, obviously. And... Uh, the journalist, you know, so you know how Daish is like giving mental answers these days. So yeah. the journalist asked him, like, how much would it cost to prize Pope away? And Daish essentially said that it's been so long since he's gone to a pub and had a pint and a packet of crisps that if someone offered him that, he might be, he might be swayed. <laughs> Just a, a day out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought, you know what? Fair enough. That is far more interesting. Entertaining than any of the football you've ever organized. Actually, that's like a good it. point. <laughs> Very good point. Oh, is that is that all we have for Liverpool then? This, this week, that's <laughs> so good. Um, but we might as well we might as well take that take that lead. So Spurs four, Burnley nil. Uh, it's it's the Gareth Bale. It was the Gareth Bale show, which annoyed Burnley, uh, Burnley and Burnley um, in equal measure. I think. Um, <laughs> He did look really good, though. I mean, Burnley were awful. I, I will say this. Burnley were absolutely dire. I've never seen... So everyone knows that Burnley play 4-4-2, but I've never seen a team look so deliberately like they were trying to have space between the lines. <laughs> like their whole thing is supposed to be like compact, you know, 300 Spartans and all that shit. And they just... They were just... There were three lines, but they were so far apart. It was a joke. Like, and Dombele was just having a field day passing between them. And, and, like, we have to remember that Spurs only have one tactic, which is get the ball to Kane and Son. Anything else is residual. So the <laughs> fact that Bale had a good day was, like, great. I'll give him that. Like, he had a good game. But, like, I heard it from the call. Bale is back! I'm like, mate, he's been here five months. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the, what's going on? <laughs> the one thing I got out of watching this game was I kind of focused a little bit on, on Son. And man, I what I got out of it at the time was just like Son looks like he absolutely hates this Kane Bale combination because every time one of them gets the ball, they just shoot. And I mean, from anywhere at any angle in any circumstance. I was watching the game and like Son is dribbling through the lines, laying it off, doing you know football stuff. And the minute he lays it off to one of those two, it's over. Like he's not getting it back. Bale just puts it on his left and takes a shot, and Kane does the same. And he's yes, and they scored from them. And you could just see a slight frustration from Son, like, can we pass it around a little bit? Can we do some <laughs> stuff? And you know what? They both just shoot on sight, and that's who they are. So you know, you're right because like Son is a one-two merchant. Like he loves that. Come give it to you, and then I'm gone. Like, and then just play it back here. He loves that. And Kane, when it's not Bale, Kane's like, me and you, one, two. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like those jokes are like, me and you, me and you, okay. Yeah. But like with Bale, he's like, oh. <laughs> Kane's like, I found someone that can that can also help me, and he's British. This is an upgrade. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, Son, Son has been guilty of that. Son has been guilty of that stuff uh, himself over the years, so doesn't have too much of a leg to stand on. But uh, they've got um, Spurs have some very winnable on paper games coming up. I think Palace and Fulham and 
couple others, uh, which uh, th those are exactly the kind of fixtures that they've been messing up all season. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, they can put a run together or whether it's it's going to be same old, same old. So you're saying Kane back into the FPL? Uh, I don't think I ever took him out, mm. apart from the one week he was injured. But yeah, probably. The question is, do you put Bale? And the answer no. is no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Made of glass. Um, Leicester one, Arsenal three. Uh, biggest biggest shock result of the weekend, I think. Very it's, very enjoyable game. I was not expecting this. So both teams had had a rough midweek in the Europa League. Leicester went out of the Europa League. Slavia Prague. Arsenal just about bumbled their way through. Uh, Benfica and so I expected this game to be a little chaotic maybe because everyone's dead but uh, I mean Arteta made six changes Saka dropped Aubameyang dropped um, there was no party so he 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 risked a lot here and it paid off yeah I think it did pay off for him at the end because he did rest a lot of players and to add to your list you know um, Odegaard Ceballos uh, etc so um, I don't know if Bellerin injured or just on the bench. Yeah, he's on the bench. So a lot of changes. Um, I think even the Marie-Louise centre-back, you know, no Gabriel, etc. I think the team that he put out there played really well, especially when you take in the fact that William started and Pepe, who, you know, has been improving over the last couple of weeks, but still. Um, and then you got Lacazette in the centre instead of Aubameyang. So overall, when you saw the lineup, you did not expect, a win or, or a big win here, especially once Leicester kind of scored in the first, whatever, five minutes or so it was from an Arsenal mistake. Like, it was a very weird piece of defending by by both Arsenal centre-back and Elneny, where they just backed yeah. off, backed off, backed off, and just let him take a shot. Like, at the end of the day, yeah, it is Tielemans, so maybe, but, like, it was a great shot. Like, I don't, I, I can't expect anything from Leno there. It was put really well in the corner in the side netting. So, but after that, like, we really, we really kind of woke up and William, you know, from how bad he's been over the last couple of weeks. This game, the end of the Benfica game, something has changed slightly. I think just the amount of effort, sprinting ability, the kind of, you know, the alertness has just been much better over this game in a bit, and um, which is exciting, which is nice. And he's got, you know, quite a bit of assists now, and he got one or two this game. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, actually. I'm assuming they're changing his drug plan. <laughs> Yeah, there's no other explanation for this. Yeah, he's on the senior plan now. <laughs> it felt it felt a bit like uh, so Leicester, like you said, one up. It felt a bit like Leicester threw this away in a weird way. Like Pepe was, you know, I I post on the group chat that Pepe and William were balling, and you and you guys were like, they're just playing better, not <laughs> balling. You know, like give us some credit. But even with that, like the free kick they gave away for. The Louise header, which was brilliant header, I should say. Very good header. Like, not going to take anything away from that. But, like, mm, why would you do that? Then the penalty was, okay, like, why would you do that? And I don't remember the third goal, but I feel like... Uh, it was a counterattack. Pepe just danced around, one-twos, one-twos. It, it felt like that you got in fairly easily. So that one, yeah. But it just felt weird. And I know it's a one-off, maybe. But you can't help but wonder if the wheels are going to fall off again. And if Brendan manages to do this three times, like <laughs> I don't, we need to give him a statue or have a serious conversation about it. Like you can't do this three times. Like no, it is interesting. So um, they are. So apparently, what happened last year, and I don't remember this. I was looking it up, but they got a lot of injuries in the second half of the season, and it's happening again. So Harvey Barnes is is out for like six weeks or so. Um, Madison. Evan, Mad, Madison has an injury. Evans now has an injury. Um, Fafana is already out. So, like, they're down to, to kind of bare bones at this point. So, like, the squad depth is okay, but I don't know if it's good enough to see them through. And that might be a real problem. Although, it's probably, in that case, better that they went out of the Europa League. Because I don't think they were really going to win that. And focusing on top four in a season where it's never going to be more achievable is probably good. Like, I get how important Madison and obviously Barnes are. I thought that signing Chengazunder, um, and they signed another person, I can't remember, but I thought at least that signing was supposed to 
sort of mitigate that because they learned their lessons from last year, right? When they had injuries and they even have the Europa League and they still fell away. But I don't know. Like, it's I, I get it. Those are two huge players. You can't just lose them and feel good about it. But yeah, I think since 2015, yeah. Leicester have just played the same 11 every season. Like, <laughs> different 11s, but like the same 11 per season. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they won right. the league with the exact same 11. Like, they barely made a substitute all season. And then they just did the same up until this point. I think that might be something to do with this trend of towards the end of the season, you're getting your injuries, you're getting your fatigue, your kind of form drops a little bit. And yes, a lot of people online are now talking about this Brendan Rodgers where he's every, you know, this Leicester capitulation that happens around, you know, February, March of every, every, every season. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from here because they're currently sitting third um, one point behind United. So a great season so far. They just have to, you know, make sure they, they keep going. And yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for them with all those injuries. It's not easy. Definitely Barnes has been one of the best players this season. So it is very uh it's very late Wenger, this whole thing. Just like mm-hmm. getting off to a great start, doing really well, and then collapsing around February, March. Very, very kind of twenty ten to twenty. Maybe maybe that's why I, I like Brendan. It's kind of like <laughs> it's familiar ingrained in me. Yeah. 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 yeah it's comforting. What's interesting yeah. Is- they have the they have only one point less than they did the exact same point last season, so they've literally performed the exact same way. <laughs> let's see if the fallout, like I think it was from this point on, they just crashed. So let's, will, let's see what will, happens. That, yeah, th- this will be really interesting. I will say just that that's interesting to know, and it's actually quite impressive given the chaos that we're seeing with everyone else. Yeah, no, I, I think I think so far the season has been great for them. They just need to hold on to that top four. Like if they fall out of the top four now, it would just be a shame after the great season. And like you said, they're out of Europe now, so they can focus on this a little bit and all that. But um, speaking, I just want to go back a little bit. Our, this is Arsenal's first away win to a team sitting in the top four since 2015, early 2015. That's September 2015. So also against Leicester. Yeah, I know. So it's been something like six years that we haven't beaten a top four a team sitting in the top four. Um, so, the yeah, that's... Yeah, the time you played them, which is weird because doesn't this season start, like, alphabetically? <laughs> Don't you get, like, a Brighton <laughs> up there or something? Point? <laughs> I, feel like they, I feel like that's that completely, like, just it ignores the first game. <laughs> well, you know, what's yeah, funny about that is that we've beaten Man United a few times in that time period, and I guess they were never in the top four when that happened. No, Probably United... Over the last like five or six seasons, United's average league position is worse than Arsenal. It's just everybody likes to bag on Arsenal. Like if you actually look at it, is that true? Yes. <laughs> the number okay. United have finished outside of the top four or whatever, or outside of the top six more than Arsenal. Say, Sorry, one second. Is Bernie trying to work this out in his head? Yeah, he's looking up at the ceiling. <laughs> he's right. He's right. <laughs> Sorry, how have you done that, Bernie? What do you mean? You can't just look upwards and say he's right. Well, like you finished. Seventh? What did you finish last year? Eighth? Or something like that? I uh, can't do this math. I know this is true. I actually know this <laughs> but it's true. Fact it's true. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, is... I mean, it's. Uh, I think it's a, a great win after the Benfica. Because the Benfica game was super important too because that was like pretty much season ending if we had lost in Europe. There's nothing to play for in the league anymore. Yeah. Arsenal are sitting 10th with 37 points. Like Aston Villa have like, well, if they win the games in hand, they have like 10 more points than Arsenal. Like, it's a disgrace. Yep, that's true. Um, Cameron at CamH says, Arsenal are in 10th playing fun football, while United are in 2nd playing football, oh, sorry, playing without a real plan. Uh, will United, This is from a City fan, by the way. Um, <laughs> will United fans look forward to a future with Ole? And should Arsenal fans look forward to a future with Arteta? He also adds that um, he would like to play five-a-side football with us. Which I think would be great. I can't. I, I miss football so much. Just tell him to make sure he's on my team because I'm pretty good. Yeah, Mohamed's really bloody good at football. Whenever that's allowed, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll see if he still has it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's actually a good point. <laughs> um, um, I'm, I'm excited for the Arteta future. I am, and I know it takes some. Kind of hits here and there along the way, but overall, I am I am quite excited. Yeah, I I am too. Um, I like the kids. I like. Uh, I should never say it like that. Um, 
I like Smith Rowe. I like Bakayo Saka. Um, it, it would be cool if Odegaard stayed, but you know, the, the, there's there's a, a team to base, that there's a, a core to base a team around, and I think this summer will be very instructive. There are a bunch of players coming up with one year on the contracts, and can Arsenal move them on? Because there are a bunch of players that aren't good enough and refresh the squad in a way that will actually allow these young players to achieve something. Because like someone as good as Bukayo Saka or Emma Smith-Rowe, they're not going to stay forever. Like Big teams will come after these guys in a year or two if, if they're not getting anywhere. So Arsenal really need to put a plan in place to, to do that. And I think they absolutely will try. Um, and I think Arteta has the chops to pull it off with the right players. But yeah. We will see. But Bernie, I mean, how do you feel about the United uh, portion of that question? Um, do you look I, forward I, to I, a future under Ole? I, I do. But again, it's the same. I, my argument is actually the same from if like, if I was talking about Arsenal. I'm excited if we do the right things in the offseason. I'm not excited if we don't do that. Like he, The club is 12 points ahead of where it was last season. Like a whole 12 points. Scored 12 more goals and has the same defensive record with more clean sheets at this time of the same team, same time. So they are generally improving, except for their big game performance. But would I say that we signed a, a first team player? No, we didn't sign a single first team player this summer. And in your case, I can't, I would be worried with the Aubameyang contract situation and all that. Like strikers are dying, right? We know like there are no strikers in this world. I don't see what magic a manager is going to pull off to create a goal scoring, you know, 30 plus forward to pull you through. So you need to figure that out. There's a lot to figure out there. We have a lot to figure out as well, but we are on an upward trajectory that is verifiable. So I'm very okay with that for now. I have a proposal. Why don't you take Lacazette and we'll take Martial? Mm, so, you so in? that we're we're both in the same. I mean, I, I, I'm more in due to losing like a Zed and gaining much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but if that's my only option, then potentially, yeah, he's a bit similar to like Nelly and stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, no. On, honestly, here's what I would do. I I would I would sell like a Zed for basically any anything anyone wants to give you. Um, Aubameyang has to stay. There's nothing else you can do about that at this point. Um, so I would, if you can't get a very good striker, and that seems likely, like as you said, there aren't many and all the clubs are going to be after them. Um, you rotate Aubameyang and, and Martinelli up front. And I think that's what you do. Because so you have to create only... space. Like unless, sorry, Mo, but like unless you're going to sell Pepe, you have to create space for him to at least platoon a position. Um, whether that's left or right, Saka is going to have that position unlocked, so it's probably left. So, like, you have to create some space, and Martinelli has to play at some point because he's too good not to. So, I think that's what. Well, you do. that's my only worry with Arteta. Does he not like Martinelli? Because that's a that's a red flag for me. If he doesn't, for whatever reason, and people have been talking about it because he hasn't been playing a lot or coming off the bench or whatever, then I have an issue, and that might change my answer with this whole Arteta thing. I like Martinelli that much. I think I think that in in your case, right. We know that good strikers are very difficult to come by. And then, like, where the prices are still inflated. Like, are you going to go buy Odson Edward for, like, 40 million? That, to me, that doesn't make any sense. But that's sort of the, the level that you can play at at this point. But then the other option is to groom someone and develop someone into a top striker, like potentially Martinelli. That is difficult to do. And to ask Arteta to do it with, when he has never, like, you haven't seen him do anything in this game yet, like, you can't rely on that. It's exciting because it's unpredictable. Uh, we we yeah we have a manager that Barcelona wants okay so everybody calm down. <laughs> they want Arteta allegedly. Yes, yeah. Listen, also, they, Pep the same said guys that who employed Kuman. You can keep that shit. <laughs> He's better than Kuman. Um, Pep said that that Arteta was the reason that Sterling got really good. So. You know. I love the way you said that. It was like a, it was like I don't know, a teenage school drama. So <laughs> the funny thing anyway. about that statement is, it sounds like every the like when Pep says good things about someone the minute before he beats the shit out of them. Like it's really annoying when he does this. Yes, but you know this is real because remember when Arteta left and Pep started talking to the chair next to him like fucking Macbeth. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
That was he's bonkers. doing his hand motions and he's like, "Oh, you're not here." <laughs> Just nuts. Uh, anyway, let let let's move on. Manchester United nil, Chelsea nil. This was, I think, potentially one of the most boring games ever played. Although it is up against every game that Manchester United have played against the top six opposition team in the last year or two. Well, I mean, really, it's comparable to the first leg, if you want to call it the first leg. Like those two games together, the 180 minutes of Chelsea United this season have been an absolute waste of everyone's life. Um, so, yeah, you could have, we could have taken our pick of any of the previous games, you know, against the big six in terms of which is the most boring that United have played against, except for the entertaining 6-1 loss to Spurs. But this is basically a, like a reverse of last season, where United won uh, five of the ten that they played, drew, drew three and lost two. Now they've literally drawn all of them and lost two, I think. So, and nil, 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 nil. <laughs> one, open, one goal and from the penalty spot. Like, it's a re- complete reverse of the previous season. But everything else is up, so it's very, very weird. Like, people are mad, but that, that is weird. everything is up. That is weird because don't you guys have like the best midfielder in the world now? Need or something? Mohamed, guess how many do, chances yeah. he's created against against those teams? Is it seventy? It, it's it's about one in each game. Boo! So I think like either he should be sold, <laughs> or Ole needs to be sacked for not getting more out of him. You know what? I will do the humanitarian <laughs> thing. Arsenal will take him off your hands because he's clearly oh. not a big game player. Arsenal don't have a lot of big games to play. He'll fit it right in. Be cool. You, you you guys are so generous. Uh, so, 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 yeah, we, so generous. we our team doesn't really have a crackhead. We need one. <laughs> <laughs> just just the light of fire under everybody. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was a boring, shitty game. To be but fair, I predicted to be fair Chelsea are unwatchable, regardless oh. of who they're playing. They oh. are unwatchable, man. You've got like, I get it. You know what we, call them? What? we call him LV Tuchel. <laughs> Like that—that that is what he's doing. He's playing like Louis Van Gaal, and mm. I, everyone expected a draw. Like, what was going to happen here? Like, nothing else was going to happen in this game. Ziyech did finally get a game. Starting was was bad. Yeah. Um. One piece of controversy is the penalty is whatever. Like, if, whether it's a penalty or not, I don't really care. It, it by the rules of today's game, sure, fine. But that's not my issue. My issue is the conversation between Harry Maguire, Luke Shaw, and the ref. <laughs> like, apparently the ref said that I can't really give that if not everyone's going to be talking about it. But didn't and Maguire like, come out and say Luke Shaw misheard that conversation? Yeah. So here's yeah. my thing. That's what he said. But he's clearly said that because he knows they're going to be fined. Like, it so wouldn't surprise me if the thing. referee did say that. It wouldn't surprise me here's, at all. Here's my thing. Once Maguire understands the situation and the language better than you, there's a problem. <laughs> no, 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 Shaw, no, no. What Shaw needs this, to. This is a guy who went to prison in Greece for uh, undermining the officials. He knows, bro. <laughs> he knows, that's true. Here's my question, because I don't remember. What minute of the game was this, roughly? 30. Uh-huh. 20, so, like, 30, you know... Like Halftime is is within reach. Luke Shaw's thinking about other things. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He's not fully concentrated. He's thinking about his Jaffa cakes. <laughs> um, do have uh, some questions though um, on the on Chelsea while we're here. Uh, Jojo says, um, "Is Callum Hudson Odoi a wing back now?" And I'd have to say, as long as Tuchel is there and for the next you know few months while he still likes Callum Hudson Odoi. Probably like the the three that he plays up front, the two behind the striker are, are quite narrow, like narrower than you would want Hudson Odoi, I think. So I feel like yeah, he'll probably get most of his time there. Hudson Odoi has no place in this formation when if he wants to play like in the front three, it's not gonna happen. So is is Tuchel's thing like three five two five three two whatever? Like is that his his typical thing? I don't. Because I feel uh, like he does he four two three one a lot. Yeah, I don't think he has a typical thing. So th- there were there was one of those those big athletic pieces about him and his first week a, a little while ago, and they basically said that while he was on, I don't know how true this is, but essentially while he was on the plane over, which is like a forty minute flight or whatever, right? And and as we joked about at the time, it it was like he flew straight to training, but as he was on the plane over, he was trying to think about like what new thing he could do to like spark a reaction, 
And the thing he decided was change the formation and get Callum Hudson-Odoi in the team because he hasn't been playing. Um, so I don't know how long either of those things is going to last if the essence of what they were was just like a trick to get things started. You know, I'm also wondering like when, um, what's his name, Thiago got injured. I wonder if that was also one of the reasons to go to a back three. I don't know if he trusts any other two center back partnership without Thiago. I feel like once Thiago got injured, he was like, okay, I need to be at the back because I'm not going to play Christensen and Rudiger in a back four. Like that's suicide. Because like it it will present a problem long term, right? As we're talking about Hudson Doy, but then Pulisic doesn't get games. Like he comes on at some point and then he played a false nine at some point in this game, which was like, what was the point of this? didn't make any sense to me when you have Lindelof that you can attack at will. Like, why do a false dive? And then Havertz, is he injured or is he just, like, scared, like, of entering a football pitch anymore? Like, what, No, Havertz has no... We talked about this during the game. I look at Chelsea's formation in the 3-5-2 and Havertz just doesn't have, you know, a, a, a position in this formation. Like, yeah, sure, you can, in theory, put him in those two guys behind the striker, but he's not dynamic enough to play there. He can definitely not play in the in the deep two in midfield. And then the other the other player was Chilwell. My God, Chilwell was so afraid of one Bissaka. It was not funny. Like Chilwell was supposed to be a wing back. He was playing like a defensive left back. And that position works way better with Alonso than with Chilwell. Yep. Because Alonso actually wants to attack and can attack and has a technical ability. Chilwell was just terrified of Bissaka. And he wanted nothing to do with that battle. Well, in which case, why wasn't Alonso playing? Like, he was on the bench. He's not injured. He was there. I don't know. Did he it's, play it's against just... Atleti? I don't know. I think he did. I can't remember. I, I, I think he might have thought uh, that United were going to come out. I think he felt Rashford was going to play on the right and they're going to attack, so he wanted more defense, I feel like. But even Emerson as a wingback is better than Showell. Like, just put, like, if you're yeah. actually going to play with wingbacks, like, play someone who can attack. Just from an attacking perspective. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Showell wasn't, wasn't, a purely defensive fullback at, at Leicester. Like, he, he had a few assists here and there. It wasn't... Anyway, I don't know. The, the when you're up against Daniel that, James, I feel like you can go for it, you know? Well, Dan James was just pushing them back. Like, Chua was, was like... Chua was having a hard day against Daniel James. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, and by the way, in this game, Chelsea didn't do anything. Like, I was... It was... A, like, Giroud was just diving at headers that were coming not, not close to him. But they weren't doing anything. I'm like... But but Mendy, Mendy is entertainment, man. You just watch him try and control a ball. Like, even when he gets the pass right, you can see him think. You can oh. see the gears turning his back. Okay. It's like, I told you guys, it's like he watched the YouTube video on how to pass, and he's just recreating on the field. It's like, okay, so side foot, into the ball, follow through. Like, it's just so just mechanical. It's not natural. He is not, a, we talked about this. He's not a football player. He's just I, someone that can jump far. I want to talk about Mendy because I saw it in the game. And I watched it in the highlights after. There were three times where the shot came in and like the ball swerves, whatever, a little bit. And he punches it forward, like not to the side. Yes. It happened three times. And I thought, what are you like? One was for the penalty incident. Like that was one of them. The second one was the second half. And I thought, why move it to the side? What are you doing? Because like if the ball chase to the wrong guy, it's a goal and it's your fault. Like, yes. He does yeah. it so much. Well, you know yeah. how frustrating he must be when you're analyzing that while he plays against you and you're still frustrated <laughs> that he's not clearing it well enough. <laughs> this is the new tactic. Shoot at Mendy from distance and have someone stand straight in front of him. We all know I just, now. I need him to succeed. He's a black goalkeeper. Come on, man. There, there are not many of them. Like, if he messes this up <laughs> and Onana's in jail... Well, not jail L- literally, you know I mean? Onana is sitting there thinking, like, bro, if you keep messing this up, I'm not getting a chance. That's literally what he's thinking. It's unbelievable. Mason Mount, though, is their only, he's the only player that does anything or tries to do anything. He's Chelsea. very good. And, yeah. and Chelsea fans, apparently, they have like a basically have a civil war about Mason Mount. And I don't get it. They have a it. civil war about Jorginho, who I think in this particular game could have been useful, but I don't know if he's injured or... No, he was on the bench. Um, but I do have uh, I do have another interesting thing about Chelsea that, that Jojo has brought up. So he says, guess who is Chelsea's leading Premier League scorer and how many he's scored? Do any of you know? I've brought it up so that I can... Wait, answer. like all time or this season? No, this season. Uh, Giroud with five. Or no. It, uh, well, it has to be a weird option. I would go like Zuma. Yeah, it's Zuma. <laughs> Zuma. It's a good shout. It's Tammy Abraham at six. And and the funny thing about yeah, that man. is that like I barely remember him playing this season. Where who's who's next on the full list? 
you've got Jorginho on five, presumably all penalties. You've got Werner. Wait, there's no way. <laughs> this doesn't make well, any it, sense. It's like four. Right. Make sure it's the right list because Zuma scored like a game of season like six in a row. I'm pretty sure Zuma's up there, mate. What, what's oh, Zuma's here on four. Mount's on okay. four. Giroud four. But it, there's no way Werner has. It says here Werner has five. This is the Premier League website. No, Werner yeah. scored like early on and then didn't score for like five months. Werner has five <laughs> goals? Mate, he scored early on quite a bit. Okay, Recently, he dribbled so. that one in. Remember that looked bad even when he scored it. Yeah, so that's okay. one. Yeah, no, we don't count that one, so that's, that's four. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, what Werner does have is assists, so he's their top assister with five. And, with, oh, guess who's next? Chilwell. So. Well, we talked We talked about what, this is why Werner plays, because even when he's not scoring, he, he has the face down that wing to make it happen, as opposed to Ziyech or uh, Havertz, right? He can at least run at a fullback and make something happen, even if it's chaos, right? So that's is why he Pilos plays. gone? He came on this game. Is he, he going to leave, do you think? I don't think so. I, well, no, I think it's too no one's buying him anyways. Also, I mean, well, I think there would, there would definitely be clubs that would take him, but Chelsea would have to take a loss. Tuchel probably likes him. Weren't they at Dortmund together for a bit? That, that doesn't mean... That guy yeah, left the Dortmund in a hail of smoke, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but... That's because he pissed off Sven Mislintat, not because he didn't like... Pulisic. I don't know. Pulisic was, is very good. He clearly has some injury problems. The other, the other problem with him, and you might have seen this uh, pop up on Twitter via Instagram, is that Pulisic keeps liking hard right gun loving posts on Instagram, and uh, yeah, the people they are not happy about it, and rightly so. Yeah, but we did talk about Pulisic last season being their best. Remember, like going into the season, I remember a podcast where we clearly said. Pulisic, and then any other ten. Like, that's yes. how good he was towards the end of last season, and then it just fell off. Yeah. Just uh, just one one more thing quickly is, like, Pulisic is having a weird season. Ziyech is just in the toilet. <laughs> Ziyech it's is, bad, man. is, like, wow. The level of rubbish of Ziyech is, is horrible. You, you know what it's reminding me of? It, it feels a little bit like Beaky, right? It feels like Van Der Beek, where just the, 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 the style of Ajax to then go to Chelsea and United, who are playing this kind of football against each other, right? It's hard. Like, Ziyech wants tip-tap, tip-tap. Who is he doing that with at Chelsea? It's, it, and he's not a runner. We talked about this. These people that don't have the physical ability can, don't have a plan B. Either playing in a well-old machine or you're not playing very well. Do you reckon right. Van der Beek, Ziyech, Thiago and Havertz get together on week, on like during the week <laughs> and just tippy-tappy about a bit just to get some actual football in? That yeah, would in the be back <laughs> but by the way, on, on one of the, it's a good point you raise because I don't think that the way Ajax play is reproducible anywhere in Europe right now. It's it's just not. It's not in La Liga. No one's doing that. And I mean, like, of the big teams, Serie A, definitely not. And even Man City aren't doing that because Man City have guys who are good on the ball, but ball carriers. <laughs> There's no single ball carrier of, like, ZF, sure, but Van de Beek, no. So, like, you can't reap. All of them are struggling. The Lit's struggling. The Young is... <laughs> <laughs> and then Van de Beek is just not getting games and Ziyech is playing like donkey shit. Like, it's not easy uh, out there. It's true. I, th- I think De Jong is probably doing the best out of any of them. Like, he's been all right, but but Barcelona is so bad that it doesn't, you know, translate. Yeah, maybe. Fair enough. Can I can I just say, all I've been thinking about is that tippy-tappy five-a-side, Alex. Let's make sure Mendy gets in on that. Yes, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> practice and, and for our entertainment. <laughs> at this rate you can't have Allison either so. no it's true yeah, although we can't true. talk about him right now um, <laughs> very rude Bernie um, <laughs> the last remaining results Everton beat Southampton Richarlison, Richarlison scored lovely assist from Sigurdsson He's I, I'm doing this because Bernie will enjoy it January 4th Southampton were joint 4th and they've since taken one point from nine games. The, the fourth isn't with them. When are you guys joining me? When, when are you joining me? On on what? Spell it out specifically. Sack him! <laughs> and a point who? I don't... Alex, do you know... Like, what, 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 Say the stat that you just said again. Say it again. They've taken one point in the last nine games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh... I'm sorry, look... We can like Ralph all we want. This is unacceptable. Have you seen their squad? There's no one in it. 
Oriol Ramos, the best midfielder. Alex, all all the common ground between all of Bernie's agendas is his made-up inflated expectation. <laughs> he, he sets the expectation so high, then he hits you with that stick. It's like, it's not my fault. You want me to end Southampton in the Champions League spots. All I'm suggesting is, if you get one point out of nine, okay? One point out of nine, mm. what would you do? You would sack the man. We 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 went through a run like that, Bernie. And we're still here. Yeah, and then Frank Lampard builds you out. (laughs) (laughs) Look, the thing is with with Ralph is that Southampton should finish mid-table and they will. Like, halas, that's it. I mean, they might not actually be fair. They're only seven points away from relegation. Just go with it, Mohamed. To do something he doesn't know how to do anymore and get points. All right, Bernie, back it up then. Who who are you appointing? If you if you sack Ralph now, who who are you putting in too hard. Punch? My chest hurts. Oh God. <laughs> what was the question? If you do sack Ralph now, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who are you appointing? Uh, Chris Hutton. Chris Hutton. Yeah, he wouldn't lose nine in a row or whatever. But he wouldn't win nine either. He he never <laughs> wins football games. He draws. Okay, them. I'll give you another one. Rafa Benitez. Yeah. He'll take the job. You know that. I know that. And he'll do better than this. He'll do better than this. You know that. It's not a bad shout. shout. Also, to be fair, the minute you said the words Chris Hutton, um, Saul Campbell kind of turned in his grave a little. (laughs) 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 Why can't I get a job? I had to think of it. It was the. I was like, which British manager who gets recycled a lot? Can I think of first? (laughs) Pod, you need a gig. Just saying. Oh hell no. Um, speaking of uh, British managers, um, Crystal Palace nil, Fulham nil. Roy Hodgson might be getting the sack at some point or resigning at the end of the season. Um, and Scott Parker, do you, do you think he's pushing for a bigger job? No, I think he's doing very well with the team he has. I think he's putting himself in a good light for sure. I mean, he could be someone that Southampton could go for, for example. Yeah. Um, I think he's doing, I thought at the beginning of the season, this was hopeless. And then slowly kind of following them, just kind of seeing what's going on and with the stuff he has to, the, the resource he has to work with. And, you know, they play at a barn. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, he's doing a good job, I think, personally. Like, personally, as in not my opinion, as in he personally and on an individual level is doing a good enough job. Uh, and he might, yeah, he might get a, a bigger, uh, bigger move. I, I think that there are some managers, mine and yours included, who um, will do well in a club that gives them the time, the space to breathe, mm. and like the love and everything. I think he's that guy. I think he's that guy at Fulham. I don't think he can do anything anywhere else. I don't. I don't believe that for a second. I think this is all vibes and motivation. <laughs> and Nigerians and definitely Nigerian jollof rice is powering that team. Well, I was going <laughs> to say if, the, if there's one job this does qualify him for, if we don't give him the national the, the super eagles job when he's done here, I'm I'm out. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's managed half your squad already. Might as well. It's, it's time. <laughs> it's time. Better than the yeah, usual, like, 90-year-old German you tend to appoint. I hate those guys. This is probably where my dis- distrust for... It's going to be, it's gonna be that from. dude. It's going to be that dude that... Uh, who's that Ivory Coast dude in the Cameroon? Uh-huh. The same We've dude been that, begging yeah, that guy for years. Yeah. He just yeah. does the rounds with all the African teams. He is an um, absolute slag. To be fair... <laughs> Fulham are only three points away from relegation. They used to be like, oh, Fulham are for sure going down. It's over. Forget it. But now they're, what, three points away from Newcastle, Brighton, and five from Burnley. Like, it's possible. They could stay up. It is. And Newcastle are melting down. I want to revise something I said before. I want Newcastle to go down. I don't want Brighton to go down anymore. Go on. Mm. I I feel bad for Brighton now. Like, at this point, like, it's just... They're playing... Well, sure, and I knew you know me. I want you to get points as well. But like, what it was heartbreaking. What was it? The the dunk situation with the referee. Like yep. that turned it for me because that game's gone. Like game is gone. The ref blew his whistle. I know <laughs> we all heard the whistle. Like right, we heard this whistle. Yeah, yeah. What he happened was that it. though. What happened? The, the the problem is that the player. It was really bad timing. Like the ref was blowing and the player had already started the action of kick like running towards the ball to kick it he wanted to take it before the ref technically in the players like heart he wanted to take it before the ref blew the whistle 
but it you know what he said? As he was as he was taking it quickly, the ref also blew like a millisecond before. So it was not like the player didn't respond to the whistle. It was just really bad timing. But you know what he did, right? He asked, is it Lee Mason? Like mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. apparently injured for three games, which is convenient. But Very. he asked the ref, can I take it? And he goes, yes. And then the ref blows the whistle. So you've already given him indication that he can take it quickly. What's he going to do? Just wait, like chill? Like Lee Mason messed up the situation completely. Because yeah. listen, whether or not he he was, you know, uh, excited and, and did maybe steal a run a little bit, What's the keeper? The West Brom keeper was never going to get near it. Never. Like, he was already already on the other side. So Mason should have stuck by his initial decision, which was he gave the goal. And then he you went know, to VAR, gave it again, and then went a second time and then chalked it off. Like, come you know, on. know what I'm, you know what I'm, the only thing I can think about right now is that, let's say some people believe that Lee Mason is wrongfully accused of whatever he did wrong, and they start to hashtag free Mason. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> That's, That's all I can think about. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You should start it. We'll get it going. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think someone someone tweeted, possibly Barney Rone. I don't know. Someone tweeted basically that this was a good indication that referees are basically losing the plot. But like, so are the rest of us. You know, it's been a year of this. So yeah. are the rest of us. So maybe we should just give them a give them a break. But between between this, they get to go you know, out, Alex. <laughs> this is true. They get to run around on the pitch. So it's not. They're fine. True. <laughs> But seriously, between this, Louise, Bednarek, something else and something else, and the handballs in the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. this feels like the worst refereeing season of all time. Like It, it does feel that way. But I, I do think there's been more, like with VAR, plus all the games on TV, plus no one's got anything else to do. Like the, the, the level of scrutiny is, is next level. The problem is, though, Alex, we watch like other football. You watch Europa, you watch the Champions League, you watch sometimes other leagues. It never feels this controversial with yeah. VAR, except in the Premier League. It's true. And I don't, I don't know why. Like, you watch the European games, they go, oh, yeah, no, uh, Syria, even reason. It's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. Moving on. But in England, it's just like circus every time VAR is used. VAR is the only thing that has gotten worse the more it's been used. Like, everything else in this world, like you improve on it, it gets better. <laughs> the first time we saw VAR in the World Cup, we're like, man, this is great. But remember, the final was shit. So, like I said, as it goes on, it gets shitty. I'm trying like, to think which player got worse the more someone used them. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I mean, Bale for a while until he became the best player in the world. But for a while, there's like the more you use them, the worse they got. Yeah. Hmm. There must be someone where you just insist on playing him. I mean, William was going down that down that path. In the last, yeah, maybe Pepe, arguably. I mean, until recently. Anyway, it's uh, it's a good point. Um, right, very quickly, uh, Leeds, no Aston Villa, one El Ghazi, Egypt, hooray. Um, oh, and yeah, West Bromby, Brighton. We already talked about that. Um, sorry, Jojo had another question about Brighton, but my phone has died, so I apologize, Jojo, but I can't remember it. It was something about XG. Yeah, well, they're they're kings of they're the kings of XG, right? And they, I mean, they missed two penalties this game, was it? Yeah. His question yeah. was, are Brighton trying to break all the XG models known to mankind? Yes. Uh, thank you, but yes, yes, yes they, they are. are. Yeah, and they're I mean, they, they should have won this game 3-1. Two penalties and that lose done goal. Like, they should. Yeah. I will say whoever decided to put Welbs on pens is mad. With feet that big, there's no way. It's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh... Uh... All right. Uh, and very quickly before we end, um, just want to check in on, on Serie A. Uh, if you remember, last time we talked about this, Bernie boldly said that Juventus was still going to win um, the division. And since then, well, Inter Milan have stormed away with it. Another 3-0 win this week. Uh, Milan beat Roma 2-1 to keep themselves in contention. And what did Juve do, uh, Bernie? Uh, well, Ronaldo scored a goal and the rest of them did nothing. Yeah, no, they drew. They drew to Elas Verona. Elas Verona. Get the Elas Guys, out of my face. Get Pirlo out of here. <laughs> Juventus gonna Love point. It. Ronaldo's out. leading Juve to their worst Serie A season. Ever. Yeah, and the fans are starting to turn on him, which is delicious. Are they really? Yeah, there was a lot of of chat about. There's no way Juventus can can really properly rebuild if they're spending all of their money and keeping Ronaldo, which is totally true. Eh, I, I mean, it is true, but like that squad still, mate, like... Yeah, it's Their horrendous. squad is still better than... Like, it's still better than Inter. 
No, but but compared to you, like their midfield mm. three is horrendous. What is their midfield? I wouldn't call it horrendous. Freaking who is it? Ramsey, Rabio, McKenny. Like it's not. No, no, no. Like Ramsey, Rabio, McKenny. Not Champions Like it's not bad. No, no, we're not even more, more than Champions League. <laughs> Slow down, bro. <laughs> we're, not, we're not even getting there. We're just comparing it to Inter. And like, at minimum on paper, their squad, top to bottom, is better than Inter's squad. Like, it, it really is. I don't know, man. I feel I feel like Lukaku alone tips that. Like, just alone. Yeah. I, him and Ronaldo have the same goals. So like, that's that's just a wash. Okay. We're not the same impact. If, if, we call that, if we call that a wash... Then, if we go to number two, like Lautaro, I assume has more than like a Morata. I mean, Dybala has been like injured most of the season, which is a problem. But you know what I mean. And and even Barella, even, even, like the even best Inter's, in the league, like yeah. I don't know, Inter squad is very good. Yeah, I don't Inter's give them the defense. Really the, I don't give them the defense. I don't give them the midfield in this one. Like I don't. Chiellini's like fourteen hundred and three. Yeah, but then they've got Demoral. They've got. I don't like the lit. Uh, you might, you might. Oh, my hate is for the De Vrij, and Bastoni. Come on. It's good. It's good Bastoni's back three. Bastoni's not, not that good. Who? Bastoni's not that good. Wow, Bernie. Also, also my favorite keeper in Handanovic plays there, so I'm biased there. <laughs> why is he your favorite again? I just don't know. It was Toldo and then Handanovic. I don't know huh? why. Because they, they look the same. They are quite similar. I thought you'd yeah. like Chez. Mm. Oh. I don't know. I like, Feels I like, like Chez. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, that's fair enough. Fair enough. I, I like my goalkeepers to get caught smoking in the showers. That's what I want <laughs> from a goalkeeper, really. <laughs> from the, the Grobelar school of, of goalkeeping. Anyway, we better leave it there, uh, unless anyone's got any last words. Uh, no, nope. but if they made it to this part of the podcast... Uh... Let us know because I would be impressed. <laughs> yeah, uh, you win. You won something. We'll work it out later. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.